episode of Sisterly Pod. I am one of the co-hostesses of the show. My name is Phyllis, FlyersFan1129 Yahoo.com. My wonderful co-host this evening is the lovely Katie. Hello, everyone. It's been a wild week. Sending our good vibes out to Grace, who is experiencing some uh, some car troubles at the moment. So send your good vibes out to her today. But um, boy, it has been a wild wild week in uh, in Flyers land. Uh, today is Wednesday, January 12th, also known as my father, Claude Giroux's birthday. Happy 34th <laughs> birthday, Claude. Please drop the skincare routine. I need it. Um, Did you see the shirtless pic of him that his wife posted? I was like, that's not even fair. So <laughs> there, were, uh, there were a couple pictures in that post where I was like, yes. It is, is good. It's good. You did good, Ryan. Yeah. Thank you for blessing us all today. But uh, last night's game against the Carolina Hurricanes game, which was supposed to be uh, the Flyers Pride Night, actually, uh, got canceled because of COVID issues. Um, it's just kind of been like here and there. Like, I think the thing that was so infuriating about that game getting canceled is that there doesn't seem to be any like rhyme or reason in the NHL's COVID protocol. Dartboard. <laughs> We're just going to throw darts at the schedule and see which ones go and which ones don't. Well, they can't postpone an ESPN plus game that features Sidney Crosby. God forbid. Oh, God forbid. Uh-huh. All right, ladies, gents, Jason Momoa is now single. I just got a push notification. Happy <laughs> 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 interrupt. Jason Momoa is single. Now, this is what's considered news on my phone these days. Not that I'm not happy about that. Not that he's not. <laughs> I ever watched Romans or Aquaman, but <laughs> this is what it is. The hunt <laughs> is on. My favorite thing about uh, Jason Momoa, or my favorite thing he's been in, I should say, is Game of Thrones, where he just said nothing. And just sat there and looked menacingly the entire time. He, like, wore a loincloth. I'm good. (laughs) Wait. Talking about hot men with shirts, without shirts on, so. Speaking of hot men without shirts on, um, (laughs) Ivan Provorov uh, spoke with the media today about COVID. I won't I won't get into it at length, but he said something very similar along the lines of what Carter Hart did, he did a couple weeks see- ago, where he was just like, it's got a 99% survival rate, like you can't live in fear, blah, blah, blah. I feel for him because you know he would have played through that. He could, like I said, the man oh, for sure. falling off his body in a playoff game, and he played. To lose your consecutive game streak he had never missed a game his entire career. To lose it unwillingly, I don't think it should count. I don't. I, I don't think that should count as a game not played. I think the streak should go on. I think we should start a petition. It just really sucks for him. It was really... And yet, the human traffic cone plays on. <laughs> hey, that's a two-goal game JVR, Mr. Traffic Cone, to you. Did we win either game? Did we win that game? No. I, I it was as soon as he scored, I'm like that wasn't omen. his fault. Bad omen. I'm like this game is going. We were two nothing. Both games, human traffic cone. I'm like we are losing this game. <laughs> it was a bad <laughs> omen. Yeah, I, I definitely feel bad for for Provi. Um, and you know, obviously having the, I think he missed it was a total of three games because he was out with COVID. And he said he didn't have symptoms either. So that like makes it even worse. Yeah. Is because like he he definitely would have played through it, like you said. I wonder if he'll ever reach Keith Yandel's streak. I'm still so mad about that. I mean, like, I get, you know, he wants to break a record and everything. I talked about this on No Willie Pod too, but like it's evident he just doesn't have it anymore. It's up. I'm like, he can be, he shows brilliance every now and then. Like you go, oh, that was a really nice keep. I can't believe he kept that puck in. And then he turns the puck over so badly or blows his coverage so badly. You're like, oh my, I need brain bleach now. There's not been a single sonk this season. Wasted. 
right, Katie, you need to eat because Dan and I don't know what Dan's eating. I have pretzels. <laughs> I have a drink. Snack time here at Sisterly Bum. <laughs> I have um. Oh, oh, I've got um. Extra toasty Cheez-Its. Thank you, Shane. Oh, my God. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's the family size. I think my favorite part about this box is that, like, right next to the calorie information, like, at the bottom of this, it just says, not a low-calorie food. You're like, really? Like, like I, like, I guess I, I knew that, but, like, you don't have to point it out on the box. It's just, like, I don't know. Makes it sad. Yeah. In case you were confused that the salt and the cheese and the carbohydrates, you know. <laughs> and the, the processed cheese square cracker wasn't good for you. We should yeah. tell you that it's a fat <laughs> thing. But yeah, ever since that episode, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a try. And I did. And I will never go back. Unbelievable, Katie. Unbelievable. Your ranking oh, of my favorite least... co-host just dipped quite a bit. Oh, <laughs> sorry. At least I'll, be, I'll, I'll, I'll always be above Noah. It's my saving what, grace here. What were the Flyers supposed to do for Pride Night? Were they actually supposed to do anything? Ah, great question. Nothing. Great question, Dan. I'm sorry. Like, they weren't. This, this They're would have been great if Grace were nothing. here because Grace was supposed to work the game. Yeah. Yeah, The, the uh, what she was going to say with the Golden Knights uh, <laughs> warm-up jerseys were incredible. Um, oh, my God. They were beautiful. They were so cool. Like, why can't the, the Flyers were probably not going to have warm-up jerseys? I don't know why, but they never do. Um, but uh, they could have. They could do something for it, but they won't. I wish they like. Don't just keep them on for Frozen, so I'm gonna. Like, um. <laughs> I have frozen. Just a little bit, yeah. But um, yeah. I wish they would just keep them on for the whole game. What? Like, like, why you gotta stop at warmups? It's one. It's one game a year. I think it would be cool if they used like. The pride tape the whole game too like i kind of understand why they don't but like it would be cool if they did it would be but they don't because they're lame yeah more and more teams are shifting to actually doing something so the fact that the flyers are you know actively not doing anything other than it just being called pride night is a uh, horse shit yeah the, and they sell like those t-shirts like in their flyer shop like that's the most they do for mm -hmm. it and it's like kind of sad I don't even know if the proceeds from those shirts go anywhere either. I think it's just, you know, just your normal, well, uh... you know, corporate conglomerate, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, what What's the term? It's like virtue signaling or whatever. Yeah, pandering. Yeah, yeah it's uh, not great. They could do so much more, but uh, they don't. Mm -hmm. now, we, now we'll even have to see if yeah, it gets rescheduled. Now that it mm. didn't yeah. happen, now we'll have to see if they, you know, see if they even notice. It, with all the postponements and everything, do you think they're going to be able to make it through a full 82-game season? I don't think they can. I mean, some of the Canadian they, teams are I, pathetic right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what they end up doing. They can, it's, in theory, it's a good thing for the Canadian teams to postpone so they can get the revenue with fans in the building, because that's the whole point of, otherwise there's no point in playing. Yeah. But you can only postpone so many games for so long before the playoffs roll around and all this shit, you know, when do the restrictions end up lifting in Canada? So, it's a good theory, but, uh, I don't know. No idea. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think the Canadian teams are reaching that threshold at this point. Phyllis, how you doing over there? <laughs> Okay, can can you hear me? Yeah, I, yeah, we can hear you. I just I'm looking at I can see your screen right now. I just can't see you. Shane's a, uh, very happy that you like your burnt cheeses. Thank you, thank you. Unbelievable. There we go. We're back, back in well, business. Yeah, the call was goofing up all kind of ways here. We're just gonna have to. No worries. I got um, that Maybe the restrictions don't look to be going anywhere anytime soon. I was supposed to be in Canada for work. Um, the, the last week of January and the first week of February, and I'm being told, yeah, you might as well just forget it. <laughs> so that's just not going to happen. And uh, what are you eating, Dan? He's eating a few things over there. Christmas yeah. candy corn. Uh, <laughs> come again? Yeah. What is that? Is it just candy corn, but like red and green? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Neither have I. That, 
Candy corn is the nastiest food on the planet. Oh, Phyllis, we're going to fight. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Not a problem. Now we got so someone who doesn't, the burnt cheese, it's and not kale like in candy corn. What is happening Bad on this good corn. show? I like, I like I candy corn. Oh, Katie. I have some peanut butter cups. This is too much. I'm on your side with this one. <laughs> yeah, but I can't forgive you for your burnt cheese. <sighs> You're terrible. Mm. Phyllis, what is your opinion on mint chocolate chip ice cream? <laughs> No, I, I don't like mints. I think it tastes like medicine. Ah, uh, person. Phyllis, why? You're you're zero for two today. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's like, it tastes like medicine. It's like drinking sambuco. Just drink Nyquil and be fucking done with it. <laughs> 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 if uh, if Grace were here, I knew she I know she would agree with me on the on the ice cream. So uh, peanut butter. I, I'm a uh, my. My weakness, sweet wise, is peanut butter and chocolate together. Reese's peanut butter cups. I make a peanut butter cup cheesecake. Yeah, I'm a big Reese's peanut butter cup fan. Chocolate and peanut butter is very solid. Very solid it, combo. It, very good. Yeah, it's mine. The last game the Flyers played before they got shut down. That was the Penguins game Thursday. Last no, Thursday, the two nothing was when we gave up the two nothing lead because. Oh right, right. I forgot they played San Jose, yeah, was, uh, San Jose when they gave up when they blew their two goal lead. How could I forget that again? Bad omen. <laughs> Excuses after that game were pathetic. They're like, oh well, at least we got a point. I'm like, you had a two goal lead in the third you had period, a two goal lead and you blew it. <laughs> you gave up a hat trick. Ridiculous. Yeah. And that overtime goal, like I went uh, as soon as he took the puck, I'm like, oh, this is fucking over. I I'm say like, that every time they go, go, they go into the like an opposing <laughs> player comes into the zone with speed. I'm like, oh man, they're gonna score here. I just know it, and then they do. <laughs> and you gotta I... feel bad for the goalies. You just do. I mean, you just do. Yeah, just... yeah. I I felt bad for Martin Jones. Yeah, because he actually had a. Solid game. He, he did, didn't deserve yeah. that. But, but yeah, I, I D? like weren't they pulling people out of the stands to to play D? They probably yeah, would have been in, better actually. than the option. Yeah, actually, yeah. it would have been. <laughs> Dude, suit up, come on, come on, <laughs> throw Noah I, in there. I was reminded of back to school when Rodney Dangerfield got on the diving team. I'm like, isn't there anybody like 90 years old that could, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe save this? I was uh I actually watched uh the game like at home. I usually don't get a chance to like watch the games that are on the weekends, especially the night ones because I'm like usually out and about doing something, but I was actually able to watch this one and I was like I can't believe that this is how I wasted my Saturday night as a youth in America. Welcome to Yeah, those world. of us who are like old and not dating right now. Yeah, we were home watching the game. Thanks, Katie. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I I was sick. I kind of had to stay home. I felt like crap. I was like, I had the flu. I think I caught the flu on New Year's. Um, and then I have a I so like before this, I hadn't been sick in probably like four years. So like this whole past week just like took me out. I like honestly did not get back to feeling like myself until like yesterday. So were you were you positive? No, I didn't. I never had it. I tested negative, but, but yeah, whatever I got, just like it, it, it was basically just like all in my like head. Like I was very congested, mm-hmm. wasn't really in my lungs at all. So that's why I don't. That will tire you out. But yeah, it was just exhausting. But I'm I'm back to like a hundred percent now, which is good. But Meanwhile, yeah, that game was miserable. Is- it was as, it, as soon as as soon as they tied the game, I was like, they they're gonna blow it. They're gonna blow it. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna keep it on just to keep it on, but like, I'm gonna like do other things in the background now. Like, I'm not gonna actively pay attention to this. That's anymore. where I'm at as well. The TV is on, but I am just barely. I'm not doing any other thing besides watching the actual game. I just can't take it. The only time I pay attention is when it's Atkinson. Oh, okay. Now I'll watch. I'm gonna turn my head and watch because Cam <laughs> Atkinson could actually do something good. Uh, no, maybe he's not so George. beautiful. He is. He's just those teeth. I, I like. God, I want to know who his dentist is. 
beautiful, beautiful team. That's not right for a hockey player. It's just not. I went to help. I had to like watch Brad Marchand. I, I hate him, and he what, he had a hat trick tonight apparently. Or ah, uh, uh, the rat. I hate Rat Boy. Speaking of yeah. Rat Boy, I, did did any Stop of you guys, about the men I date. did any of you guys <laughs> see what happened at the Panthers game yesterday? <laughs> Fucking awesome. It was terrible. It was awesome. Like, oh my god. My favorite part just... is they're in the box next to like the front office staff and the owners, and they're looking at him like, "What is happening over there?" And they're all wondering why is there so much cheering. Like... <laughs> the best part was like reading all the comments about it online. It was like two minutes for roughing, five for five minutes for spearing in a game misconduct. Like, oh, it was just so funny. Yeah, talk about backdoor. Yeah, I was dying. I was I was in the world's most boring meeting yesterday. I'm laughing my ass off reading these comments. Like, oh, I got mute. I got a mute. <laughs> Between that and the the Ron Hextall shitstorm that hit Twitter yesterday, it, yesterday was a very eventful day to be on the interwebs. It was. I uh, I put a piece uh, out on Brotherly Puck today, um, kind of detailing the whole. Hextall saga, but I feel like that's something that we, we could really kind of get into and spend a decent chunk of time on. Um, that's just proof that being a really good player does not make you a really good member of management or any type of, you know, hockey executive. I mean, I really honestly think that the exception to that rule is Danny Breer. And God, yes, I know I was devoted to him when he was a player. That little elfier bastard. I loved him up and down. But um, Ron Hexel was not a good, he, he was just not a good hockey executive. Great player, great goalie, would beat the shit out of anybody. Look at Chris Chelios. But I wish Grace were here to discuss his, his uh, failings as a GM. Yeah, I it was just all all of the things that were kind of mentioned in that piece like none of it was a surprise. Just a a quick rundown for those of you who um may not have heard about it. Uh Bobby Clark went on a podcast episode um of a show called The Cam and Stick Show or something something along those yeah. lines. Um and basically talked about Ron Hextall's tenure in Philadelphia. As the general manager, um, he touched on a few things, such as, you know, the decision to draft Nolan Patrick, that going against Scout's wishes to draft Cal McCarr or somebody else. Um, you know, trading Braden Shen, nobody else knew about that except Ron Hextall. Um, until after the trade was made, um, the opportunity presented itself to trade for Ryan O'Reilly and Hextall neglected to. Um, and Clark also said that he ran a, like, he, he basically just kind of alienated everybody in the organization. It was very much Hextall's ship and nobody else was allowed to be the captain except him. Um, and these were all kinds of things that had been rumored for a long time since Hextall's dismissal. And even while he was still running the team, but to hear them not only be confirmed, but to be confirmed by somebody like Bobby Clark in the fashion that it was done, just absolutely no mercy in what he said. I think it it was very vindicating for a lot of people, um, like myself included and other, you know, uh, hosts on the show, like we talked about, um, like in our group chat and everything. But it was just kind of a relief to know that, like, we weren't crazy. Like, these things that we had been observing as fans of the organization were true. And there has been a lot of talk as to like what Ron Hextall, like what good he did for the organization as a general manager. And everybody would talk about, Oh, his prospect pool, you know, his ability to, you know, rebuild an organization and bring in good talent was not only not as good as everybody thought it was, but it, 
has become the team's biggest issue these days. I mean, we've talked ad nauseum about how the Flyers have a lot of good players, but they're players that aren't good enough. And that's what is preventing them from going to the next level. Um, well, it's just, it, there, there was a whole lot in that piece. Yeah. It was, an was, it was disheartening. It was excellent. It was, oh, I haven't listened to the whole podcast episode yet, but I plan to. Your piece was excellent, Katie. It really was. There were. Oh, thank you. Hextall's biggest mistake, in my opinion, was Hextall. I mean, yes, the draft, not taking McCarr, taking Nolan Patrick. My issue with Nolan Patrick was his injuries. Like, he did have a lot of injuries. There was a lot of potential there. There was. And I truly, being a sufferer of migraines, I felt for Patrick. I felt for the way the fans of this team really just eviscerated him. If anybody has ever had a migraine as a result of a concussion, I have had two serious concussions in the past four years, thanks to my wonderful ex-husband. Um, the last one, I literally, I, I there are days I don't remember. There are days I couldn't open my eyes. So I feel for Nolan Patrick. Um, so I really kind of like to leave him out of that. I think, again, there was a lot of potential there that was, you know, thrown to the wayside because of injuries. Um, but Hackstall was my, he had no experience. He was a horrible coach. He, he is uh, along with Hextall would sit in his office during practices. The players were running practices with assistant coaches. It, it was, that was a crazy time. And that they ever won a game under that regime amazes me having watched Hextall coach. I, I really do think that was Hextall's worst mistake. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, Hextall's like his, he was married to his master plan mm-hmm. and he was, you know, when somebody is like, I am right. And there's no way you could, that you can convince them that they're wrong or that something might be better. Like that was Ron Hextall and his plan. So when they went to him and they were like, hey, like, Hackstall's not good. Like, fire him, please. And Hackstall was like, no. No. Uh-huh. That, that's when management was like, okay, you're out of here. And so is he. Yeah. <laughs> like, like even, even in his final move as general manager, he's falling on his sword because he's married to his plan. When his master plan didn't work it it yeah. was not good just be, I mean, just because we didn't follow through with the we didn't see his plan through to the end doesn't mean we didn't see enough of it to get us to a point where we could do something else like we're like we are seeing all the fruits of Hextall's labor and it it's not good enough I mean he made some good I mean we've got Provorov we've got um I mean Carter Hart who, again, I feel for him because we're hanging him out to dry. There was some good in Hextall's tenure. But when you won't listen to the people around you, when you are that caught up in who you are. And I met Ron Hextall a couple times. I waitressed at a place called The Green Top. Um, I don't know if any of you are familiar with that. But when I was in college, I waitressed at it. And it was a place where... Uh, the flyers hung out and I met Ron Hextall. He did not seem like that type of person. There were a couple of players who were insufferable assholes. Um, They just were Ron Hextall was like the nicest guy. He just really was. He was a great tipper. He was a really sweet guy. He like genuinely seemed to care for his teammates. And I don't see how that type of person translates to the general manager that he was, that he was king of the castle and wouldn't listen to anyone. And if you listened, I listened to most of the podcast that we talked about. And Clarkie said the same thing, that he didn't understand how the player that Ron Hextall was translated to that GM. And like, again, having met him, and again, you know, he could have just been a drunk asshole being nice to people because he was a drunk asshole. I know lots of men like that, but he genuinely <laughs> don't grimace, Dan. Don't, you know, 
you know. <laughs> so anyway, he genuinely seemed like a nice guy. His teammates all liked him. He defended his teammates. I would say his teammates defended him, but he didn't need it. If you got in his crease, he was beating the shit out of you on his own. But his teammates all loved him. They did. You go back and, and ask any of that era player, they all loved him. And so it doesn't make sense to me that he was that much of a, you know, of yeah. that, that kind of a jackass general manager. Yeah, it 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 just like doesn't make sense. Like like you said, everybody always heralded him as a nice guy, and that's why Clark and Holmgren thought he would do so well in the role is because he was such a team player when he was on the team and in his career that that essence of his game would translate into the management position. But somehow, once he took the reins, he shut the door, changed the locks, and wouldn't let anybody in, and became this holier-than-thou kind of guy, and it's just, it's disheartening to see, and it's, maybe, maybe it's just for me as somebody who, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, of the younger generation, I've, I never witnessed Hextall play, like, while he was playing in his career, I've only ever watched, you know, his, like, greatest hits on YouTube, and, you know, I've heard of all of the cool things that he's done in his career, but be and from all of that, you know, he's a Flyers legend. So when they gave him the keys to the castle all the way back in 2014, you know, like we we were all ecstatic because he helped yeah. build the, the Kings into a cup championship. And so to just see him like to see his reputation just like whittle away and, you know, become absolutely in ruins, you know, as a result well, of. You know, yesterday was kind of like the final nail in the coffin, but for me, because he is so intertwined in Flyers history, it's just very difficult for me to separate the legacy he created in his playing career versus the one that he created as a general manager. And but that's just me. That's not, that's not fair. That's almost like I, I don't want to say this and be wrong, but that's almost like it's almost like political cancel culture. And I'm not saying uh, there there are a lot of people that need to be canceled. Many, many, many people. I don't think it's fair to try to take away his play. Uh, granted, he was a suck-ass general manager. But, man, he was a kick-ass goaltender. He just really was. Um, it's like, and again, you both are, I think you're both too young to remember this. Pelly Lindbergh's whole legacy was brought down because of how he died. He made a mistake. He he drank. He drove while ha- having or being drunk, and it took away his entire legacy as a goaltender. And that's part of our culture nowadays. And and sometimes I feel it's it's vindicated, and sometimes I feel it's not. Um, it, it, but Hexall was an amazing goaltender, and nothing will ever take away from that. What bugged me a lot. Um, if you were on Twitter at all, there were so many people saying, oh, well, Bobby Clark doesn't know what he's talking about. He didn't have inside information at the time on the Flyers. If you believe that, if you believe that there was ever a second of a day that Bobby Clark did not have inside information on this team, you are sadly mistaken. Whatever drugs you're doing, please pass them to me because I could use that kind of brain amnesia <laughs> some days. Bobby Clark always knows what's going on this team, going on with this team. He just does. He so. was there. He yeah. was in, he was in the room when like Hextall was telling them all about the decisions that he made and everybody was in in the room was like what Gosh. the fuck are you doing? Huh. Um but yeah, no. He th- well that's part of why it was so vindicating because like like I had mentioned earlier like all of this stuff that was like in in the podcast was just stuff that people would like go on like some of the people who actually like cover the team would say oh I have sources that have told me this Mm -hmm. but you know they could never actually say who it was as you know they can't because they're journalists and they need to you know maintain their sources totally get that um but also just like things in the internet rumor mill of, you know, how information circulates online. So to have it 
confirmed by somebody who was actually there, who was in the room when all of these decisions were being made, is somebody who's in the Flyers front office himself, and he's like, yes, all of this stuff went on, and it's worse than you thought. And like, not just and not just someone who was in the room, someone who is the team. If you want to put a face to this team, it's Bobby Clark. Always has been, always will be. My grandchildren will have grandchildren, and Bobby Clark will still be the face of this team. Part of me was very happy he said what he said. Now, I had a, there were a lot of people who, well, why did he say it now? Why didn't he say it then? Because Bobby Clark has too much fucking class to bring that shit up and to, to talk that way when something's going on that way. You may think what you want about him. He is a team guy. He was not going to bring that forward at the time. He was not... He learned his lesson with the Eric Lindros stuff. He was not going to talk shit about the team while something was going on. He kept that to himself. There were rumors, just like you said, there were journalists that said, I have sources. But Bobby Clark is the face of this team. And I really hope that him saying those, you know, bringing that forward gives this team the spark that it needs. Um, They need to find out who they are and I'm tired of people saying we need we need a superstar, we need a superstar, we need a superstar. This Philadelphia team has never been a team of superstars. The closest we've ever had was Eric Lindros. That did not end well. Um, it just didn't. I, I need this team to find their identity, and I'm hoping Bobby Clark, with his whatever you want to call it, is helping this team to do it. I think one of the biggest takeaways I got from that wasn't even something that he said. It's just from him doing this interview, I've gathered that the Flyers are very, very aware of the public discourse that is has been surrounding them, especially this season, about how many fans have become apathetic and they feel that the team has become this corporate conglomerate from Comcast that doesn't care about them. You know, they've seen us ranting about, like, they've seen everything with the bags. They've seen everything about how, like, this team sucks year in and year out, and it doesn't appear like it's getting better anytime soon. So it seemed like Clark's comments were a a way to say, hey, you know what? You're right. This team does suck year in and year out, and I'll tell you why it does. (laughs) But there was a, a... I saw some people saying that, like, oh, like, he just put that out to take the heat off of Fletcher, and I don't, I don't buy that for a second. If anything, I think it's putting more pressure on him to saying, like, basically making it known that, like, hey, the organization is aware of how much people don't like us. Like, we, we got to get this team back into shape. It might take a bit because we're going to have to do all, undo all of the shit that Hextall did. But, like, like we got to get there. It's not just Hextall. I mean, you can't just blame him. I mean, Fletcher's made his share of mistakes. We'll I do think that was an interesting approach that I saw people take to all this. They're just trying to take the eyes off the heat of the team this year. And I'm like, bro, this team fucking sucks, okay? There's nobody that's <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to forget about how bad this team is to focus on Hextall. Like, <laughs> if, for if that was the goal, If that was the goal, then they did a terrible job. Failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, Fletcher's just as guilty. I don't think Fletcher... You know, he made some good moves this year, but God, Ryan Ellis, please, Lord, to help me. Um, I right before. I mean, it's not his fault that Ryan Ellis got injured. No, it's not. But I was reading something about like Ryan Ellis is pretty much signed as a flyer for six more years. I think Dan, five, yeah. five yeah, six more five. years. Hopefully, he'll play twenty games total in his tenure. If you're lucky, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in five games like, a season, a game. I mean, granted, that was luck. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, that was just really crappy luck. Um, but <coughs> Wayne Simmons. Um, when you trade <laughs> Wayne Simmons for Magic Beans, Chuck Fletcher, you're dead to me. You're just dead to me. I, you know, <laughs> I'm Sicilian. I'm sorry. I have, I still have that blood feud with him. I, I will forgive Shane Gostaspare. I will forgive all of that. But you, you traded away Wayne Simmons, who... There are players in my eyes that define what a flyer is, what it means to put that sweater on 
night in and night out, and Wayne Simmons was one of them. We really don't have that player right now. We just don't. I mean, I love Claude Giroux. He's as close to what I consider a flyer and what a flyer is as we have on this team right now. Wayne Simmons was it. We have not replaced that. We just haven't. And that's where the team's identity comes from. You look, uh, I, I watch it constantly because I miss Wayne Simmons like nobody's business. I watch his last game. I watch that Winter Classic or whatever the hell it was. And I watch that whole team sad and damn near in tears because they knew it was Wayne Simmons' last game. And that was really, again, the death knell of the team's identity. We haven't replaced it yet. I think that trade did far more damage than we realize from a leadership <laughs> perspective on the team. Mm -hmm. I think he was the guy that was able to kind of intertwine everything. The old vets in Giroud, Vorchek, and the young guys in Konechny, G uh, Farabee, and you know whoever else is there. I think he was the voice that kept them all together. And I don't think it's a coincidence that this train has gone off the rails even worse since he's been gone. Yeah. Yeah. That was the moment when the team lost its identity. And to replace it with, again, Magic Beans and somebody <laughs> that's playing for another team now. Yeah, he's up in Toronto. That trade I, was like, I uh, really Derek Grant and uh, Ryan, Hartman, Ryan Hartman, who were here yeah. for a collective, what, 20 games? <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I will never that. Chuck Fletcher saying, oh, Ryan Hartman can replace Wayne Simmons. And I just remember, like, losing my shit listening to that press conference, like, literally screaming at the television. <laughs> like, are you out of your mind, Fletcher? Nobody replaces Wayne Simmons. Or, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I really wish they could have been able to, like, make the money work with that. Because he, he was due for a big raise. Like, I totally understand why they didn't want to re-sign him at the time. But, yeah, like you guys said, like, in hindsight, like, it did... Not re-signing him did more damage than good. But I think the price to re-sign him would have been crazy. That's why he signed what, the one-year five mil or something? One mil for Yeah, he did a one-year one year deal for five million. Yeah. And, and when... His deal was up with who did he go to the first? He went to Nashville. Yeah, went to Jersey. They traded he went him to Nashville, Nashville, then he went to Jersey, then he went to Buffalo, then Toronto. Then to Toronto. He, oh, his... I forgot about Buffalo. Yeah, yeah then to I Toronto. Forgot about Buffalo, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at, at some point, it came out that he reached out to the Flyers, had his agent reach out to the Flyers and say, hey, I will sign what did he sign his last deal with Toronto? Like a mil a year? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah something like close to league minimum. Because he wanted to come back and retire a flyer. How the fuck do you turn that down with this team not being able to, like, skate straight in any way, shape, or form? How do you turn down Wayne Simmons at a million dollars and let him go to Toronto? Why do you make me buy a fucking Toronto Maple Leafs jersey so that I can wear... <laughs> Wait a while I'm watching the games. Thanks a lot, Chuck Fletcher. I had, seriously had to buy a, a, a Toronto Maple Leaf sweater. And my fellow employees or fellow co-workers were so thrilled that I was wearing, because they're all in Toronto, were so thrilled that I had that sweater. But how do you turn that down? How do you turn down Wayne Simmons for a million dollars a year? I wouldn't have. No, I wouldn't have either. Oh, man. Yeah, the good old days are gone. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? What is, what is your take in all of this, Dan? I mean, <clears throat> none of the stuff he said was particularly new information, as you had touched upon. You know, we yeah. basically knew all of this is just to have it confirmed by somebody with the, you know, name of Bobby Clark. Uh, you know, it really, again, puts the nail in the coffin of just how shitty this guy was. And, you know, there was a lot of deflection going on yesterday. There were a lot of the Hextall disciples that, you know, don't want to uh, see the light, I guess. And uh, that led to a lot of the controversy on the Twitter thing. But, you know, from an organizational perspective, you know, it's not great. Hextall failed at his job as general manager, plain and simple. You know, he built uh -huh. himself up as a draft guru, and you walk away with one person that's worth his shit in Carter Hart. Everyone else is just kind of there. And Proby. And uh, Provorov as well. Yeah he, yeah, he he counts. 
But everyone else, just 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 a dude, you know? Even the guys that made it, Sandheim and Konechny and Fairby, like, they're just a bunch of guys, you know? They're not uh, superstars in their own right. And y- y- I... I didn't see Hextall play. I was too young. So his reputation, as far as I'm concerned, is ruined. But I have talked to a lot of people that did witness him play that are older than me that you know, say they are able to separate the player and the general manager. And that's fine. You know, if you can do that, more power to you. But uh, from somebody who didn't witness him play, didn't get to witness the, you know, the dominance on a night-type basis, um, you know, I, I do not have uh, <laughs> any kind words for this guy anymore. You know, the sympathy's kind of gone, and, uh, you know, you just it's about moving on. Now we got to deal with this team, and, you know, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people, well, you know, it's now it's Fletcher's fault. And, like, it absolutely is, but, like, Fletcher's trying to salvage the Hextall team. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of the reason this team sucks right now is because the Hextall era guys, the Konechny's and Sandheim's and you know, uh, players like that of the world just aren't good enough. You know, and, and, you know, I have no idea. I put a piece out the other day about Fletcher's time as general manager and, the faults that happened, you know, how much of that is on him versus how much of that is Dave Scott being greedy during a pandemic? You know, why did they not do anything during the summer of 2020 besides Eric Gustafson? You know, was that a Dave Scott call or was that a Chuck Fletcher call? You know, we have no idea. So I guess we're gonna have to wait for somebody in 10 more years to come out on a podcast again and, you know, tell (laughs) us the inside scoop on this one. But, you know, it's, it's, it sucks. You know, it, it, it was the kind of linchpin, you know, came out at a real bad time in the midst of all this negativity. So it clearly doesn't help the situation, but, uh, you know, overall to have this stuff confirmed by somebody as important as Clark was, uh, was a win for the good guys on this one, because it, it was about time. I think we as fans definitely deserve to hear just how bad, you know, things were during the Hextall era. And I go back to so many people. Um, around the Craig Berube. I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember when Craig Berube got in coach. They're all like, oh, we're sucking because we keep, we have homers. We have all these, you know, we keep homegrown people in the organization. That's always been the Flyers and it's been part of their identity. And now we don't have that. And everybody's bitching. Well, you know what? You all asked for people outside the organization to come in. It's no longer owned by the Snyder family. And I'll, I'll get onto that in a second because I'm kind of pissy about some stuff that got said. Um, but you wanted people outside the organization. You wanted um, n- not former players, not anybody else. Stop, stop, you know, stop inbreeding kind of, well, look where it got us. Cause that's basically what they said. They said, Oh, the flyers suck because all you do is cultivate other flyers. Craig Ruby's winning now. Okay. <laughs> Craig Ruby, I believe if I remember correctly, there was the silver cup that he raised above his shoulders as a coach. Yeah. Am I wrong? Yeah. Um, wasn't here. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't here. Um, sure wasn't. Um, but that was what everybody wanted. I, I remember like years and years that's uh, hearing that on Twitter and hearing it everywhere else and with fans. Oh, we've got to stop doing that. Well, guess what? You, you, here's You asked for it. You got it. This team sucks because they have no identity. My issue with everybody saying, oh, by the way, with the whole not saying happy birthday to Ed Snyder, which sucked. I'm not saying it's not a sucky thing. Ed Snyder brought this team here. This was his legacy. This team got sold before he was cold. Now, whether he put that in motion or not, his kids signed that paper. I'm sorry. If you signed away your father's legacy, shut the Fuck up about your father's legacy. I'm sorry. You don't have a right to say, oh, the Flyers didn't say that. I think the fans have a right, but you signed away your rights when you sold that team. I'm sorry. That was that was <laughs> when the kids were on Twitter and they're like, I can't believe the team didn't shine a light on it. I'm like, uh, you sold the team before his body was called, dude. Like, yeah. you have no say <laughs> in what the hell they're doing here. It's bullshit they didn't do it, but, like, you can sit down and shut up. Like, you don't have a say in this one. I was so pissed. I was like, I was up, like, Lauren Hart, I think she had a right to say it. Um, Some of the players were upset. I remember, I think it was Riley Cote and somebody else, uh, uh, fighter, can't think of his name, Ronaldo, Mm -hmm. uh, Rhino. They were all upset with it. And I get the players because these guys, I mean, Ed Snyder was in that locker room. Ed Snyder walked around the spectrum. Yep. Um, but his for his kids to say shit, 
Like they were at that funeral signing those papers. (laughs) You signed it. And everybody's like, oh, well, Mr. Snyder put that in motion before he passed away. Probably because he knew his kids were going to sell his shit the second he was dead. So he started it hoping that that Comcast, because he had put some people in place, hoping that Comcast would have some of the the sense that God gave us a rock to keep this team grounded in its, you know, in its legacy, but they didn't. And when you sell to a corporation, you, you know, you're going to get what you get. Yep. Yeah. It was a, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think that whole situation got blown up. We talked a little bit about it on only pod, but yeah, for the kids to come out and be like, I'm so offended. It's like, really shut up. Like I've yeah. got no sympathy for you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it all kind of got a little blown out of proportion, but it for for what it's worth, it it did end up getting enough traction because Elliot Friedman talked about it in his like thirty two thoughts or whatever column he does was that like when that happened when they neglected to shine a light on like Ed Snyder's banner or even like acknowledge him at all on his birthday, he apparently got a lot of like direct messages. I don't have. I don't know the exact. He had quote an open mail piece, bag on that an, one. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I don't know the, the quote one either, but he did make note of it that uh, apparently were there are quite a few people that were uh, very angry that it. Uh, I, I had people happen. unfollow me because I expressed that you know the kids, you know the the kids sold. They don't have any rights. I had people. I had like fifteen people unfollow me on Twitter. <laughs> Going to hurt my feelings. I'm like yeah, bye bye. One less guy to send me a dick pic. Thanks. Bye bye. <laughs> 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 don't let the door hit you twitter truly is a hellscape <laughs> it is i'm like jesus phyllis you talked about something earlier that i actually want to circle back on with like baruby being the coach of the team um and then like going on to win a cup elsewhere there's been a a, a lot of i've been seeing it quite a bit recently but i've started to notice that like we joke about it about how like oh players suck more on the, when they're on the flyers but you know they suddenly yeah. become great players you know when they leave the the city like i think obiku bell now has like three goals and a handful of games and everything and he's yeah. he's getting a lot more ice time and he's not going to the box as much anymore because he has more freedom on the ice and everything like how much of an organizational like s- systemic problem is it that let everything comes to die here and then as as soon as they get the hell out of the 215 area code or you know they you know become these better players like i i it's one thing when it happens okay you know maybe a couple of times but like this has been a repeated thing like there has been a running joke about this for at least the last 10 or 15 years with Flyers players finding success elsewhere, like, how do you think they resolve this? I, I don't think you can because, well, you might be able to, but I do think a lot of it is the the proliferation. Yeah, whatever. Social media. I did not have that much drink to drink today. I swear. <laughs> Social media <laughs> players aware of the fans. I mean, Philadelphia is a difficult place to play. It just is. We are this area. We are very hard on our teams. We expect a lot of them. We do not accept excuses. Um, We don't. We are very, very vociferous in our criticisms of these teams. I mean, um, the Eagles, the Flyers, the Phillies, the, the Sixers. Look at Ben Simmons. Okay. I mean, he's a good example. He's been very, very loud about how bad it is to play in Philadelphia. Do I think he's a little punk? Yeah, I do. Um, Do I think if he was a hockey player that his team would have taken care of his little, you know, wanting to be on his phone during practice and shit? Yes. I happen to think, um, I happen to think the team would have taken care of that, but Philadelphia is a very difficult place to play. It's a very difficult place to coach. We all want to be the general manager. We all want to be the coach. This whole podcast has been all about us being the general manager and the coach of this team. (laughs) It's pretty much what we do for an hour a week. Um, Social media has made that so much easier. And it's why I, like, again, 
sorry, JBR. I, I don't mean to call you human traffic cone. I really, I should be horrible. <laughs> I, I apologize on a regular basis to you. And then I just do it right again. But these players all see this and you might not think it's going to bother them. I mean, it sucks when I make a mistake at my job and like I catch it and one other person sees it. Imagine you make a mistake and 20,000 people are screaming at you because you make a mistake. Um, you know, and then and you've got 20,000 people in the stadium screaming at you. And then you've got thousands upon thousands of people screaming at you on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and every other form of social media. It's it's a difficult city to play in, and that makes it worse. I think there's something in the room right now with the players mm-hmm. and the team and just the general cesspool. And yeah, I'm sure the environment and the, 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 the fans, the angry fans don't help there, but I think there's something wrong in the locker room. I think there's something wrong organizationally that is just, you know, stuff mm-hmm. that we can theorize on, but we have no idea because we're not in there. And, you know, I'll be Cabell. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, this is a guy who spent the last, you know, the 2021 calendar year taking boneheaded penalties every single time he was on the ice. Know. You know? And it's like, now he's going to Colorado. And yeah, you know, that's a far superior team than the Flyers. And he's getting ice time because Landis Cog is out. And, you know, when you're elevated and playing with better players, of course you can drag something out of them. And, and when Abi Kubel was good, thinking back to 1920, I mean, he was like the perfect depth guy. You know, when he, um, when, you know, he, he, he had the speed, he had the quickness, he could score. He took smart plays. He was uh, a smart physicality. And then they all went away. And it's like, I don't know what the cause of that is, but it I, something happened. I, I just think it's a better team. And, you know, given the Flyers and their lackluster state, I think it's hard to put a, a, a finger on any of this. But I think it's just a mixture of a lot of things. And, you know. There's no denying that the locker room was bad last year. You've got Twitter wars between Shane Gossespair and Jake Voracek. You've got a grown man that worked somebody and blocking. You've got Jake Voracek unfollowing and blocking Shane Gossespair on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Really? When did I miss this? Oh, yeah. This that is was juicy. Big, that was a big deal last yeah, year. Yeah, you don't remember that? Oh. oh man. Um, so you knew come the end of the year, one of them was going to get traded. I didn't think they were both going to suffer. <laughs> How about both of them? <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of like that idea. That's like me as a teacher. I'm like, yeah, you're both going in the corner. God damn it. I don't care who was wrong. <laughs> um, but you, there was something wrong in that locker room. And I don't, I thought with getting rid of, of Voracek and Gossespierre, I thought maybe that was gone. Cause I think. I personally thought it was Voracek. I really did. Yeah. Not that so I didn't did I. love. Not that I didn't love what he called Sealski a weasel. I like oh, literally. I love it. Any ovation because I can't fucking stand Mike Sealski. Um, but I think it, I thought it was Voracek. I don't know what the cause of that is. Still, I don't know if it's a coach that's still sticking around because I think Vino allowed that kind of crap because he didn't want to get mired in it. I, I don't know what it is now. Yeah, I have no idea. When you when you get rid of the two problem children and you bring in everybody that had A's on their sweaters and previous teams, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. you know, it, what more can you do to try and fix the environment of the team? You know, you got to look at Giroux and Couturier, and you got to look at some of the younger veterans that are supposed to be your core in Sanheim and Konechny, Provorov, Lindblom. You know, guys like that. Like, some there's a disconnect somewhere. And yeah, the first, I don't know what it is. The first 10 games, I thought, okay, we got rid of God. Yeah. Got rid of Borchek. That for those first 10 games, I was like, well, all right, we apparently fixed the problem. No, we didn't. Apparently. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> you put a bandaid on it for 10 games and it fell yeah. apart pretty quick after and that. And then hey, went I back to the same old flyers. Yeah. Yeah, I would have taken a bigger bandaid, you know, like yeah, for this season, I would have been good, but I just don't know what that problem is at this point. I thought getting rid of Vigneault, was part of it. Maybe it is that whole coaching staff. Maybe Yeo need, or however you say, Yao, Yeo, whatever the hell his name is. Maybe we do need to get rid of him. Maybe there is still some... It is a piss-poor coaching staff. It is. Mike Yao, Daryl Williams, and Nick Schultz are the men behind the bench Jesus. right now. What? <laughs> that doesn't strike Lord. you fear in the hearts of anybody. 
So Danny Briere, no. Danny Briere, if you are listening, please come back to Philadelphia. Please, please, please come back to Philadelphia and fix this team. He can be the GM. I just hope that, point. like, I just hope that Chuck Fletcher isn't afraid to like. If if a better coach becomes available and like this off season, like, I I hope that Chuck Fletcher has the guts to recognize and be like, you know, Mike Yo. I like you a lot, buddy. You're my like, bestie. You've been here for fucking nine years now, but we're gonna move on. But like, we we need a different we need a different yeah. voice. It'll be telling. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, we could. There are better coaches than we've got right now. <sighs> to you know. the, to this day, it, it, to to circle this back to Ron Hextall. One of my biggest gripes with him was not going after Barry Trotz when he became available. Yep. I firmly believe to this day that if Barry Trotz had been the coach of the Flyers the last two or three seasons, they would have. That's the caliber of guy they need behind the bench right Mm -hmm. now. You need Mike Sullivan, Barry Trotz, or Rod Brendamore. One of the three of them. Because those are the only people that have like the sustained staying power and ability by themselves as a coach to change the team. Again, it goes back to the reputation of this city or tri-state area and how hard we are, are we going to be able to get any of those guys that have never been, well, Brendan Moore's been in Philadelphia, so he's well aware of Philadelphia's yeah. passion. Caustic, yeah. <laughs> passion, caustic, whatever. <laughs> caustic Two different thought but... patterns there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no. Love hurts kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, believe me. Anyway, like, Brendan Moore, I think maybe – but he really does seem to be a fixture in Carolina. I think he just signed an extension there last offseason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, I think the only way they have a shot at any of those is that the Islanders continue to underperform. And Trotz you know, is the only hope bear. they have right now. That's the yeah. only one because Sullivan's not. Sullivan's not going anywhere said, anytime soon. Rod Brendamore just signed an extension, so they just got to hope and pray that the Islanders screw up and they decide <laughs> to fire him. Then give Trotz but, like forty million a year to come here. <laughs> yeah. Whatever he can the hell have all he the wants. money in the world. Yeah. He can take all of Comcast money. I don't care. <laughs> you have to raise my cable bill again? Fucking go for it as long as you get better. Actually, please, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only paying for internet and it's still like $80 a month. This is heinous. <laughs> and it sucks, doesn't it? Highway robbery. Please do not raise my cable <laughs> I'm trying to watch a sucky game on a cable company. A, a team that is owned by that suck-ass cable company, and, like, they, it keeps going out. The picture keeps going out. I'm like, really, guys? You fucking own this team. You own the cable company I'm watching this team on. Could I maybe watch the game uninterrupted? I actually don't have cable on my plan because I know once I take it on there, it is, like, a bitch and a half to get them to remove it oh, yeah. because they're like, well, this is actually the cheapest plan you have, so, like, I have Hulu, like, with live TV. It's definitely more expensive to do it that way, but, like, it's either that or I'm a slave to Comcast forever, so. And I, like, I was in the middle of a divorce. I just wanted another cable company. I'm like, yeah, just whatever. Just here. Let me sign the bill. Yeah, whatever. Just give me whatever. Just shut up. Switch it over so my ex-husband cannot watch um, TV on his computer through my, (laughs) without paying me anything, so. I just signed up for whatever package they told me to sign up for. And on that note, anybody else have any uh, closing thoughts? <laughs> Please. Don't look at me. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I was just asking the fact that we're uh, we're hitting our time limit. So um, we are hoping to be – we are going to be back uh, next week with our, our normal roster and potentially a special guest. So – Stay tuned for that. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Claude Giroux, but the A in Claude is a four. Are you going to change that when he gets traded? Oh, I can, I can feel that, Dan. I could I, feel that hate. I will first cry, <laughs> and then maybe I'll think about it. I got. I really need something that sticks, though. So I thought Claude Giroux would work because I was like, He's you a thought. franchise legend. It'll be okay, you know? So I'll, I'll marinate on it. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Um, but check out the piece that I wrote today for Brotherly Puck about Ron Hextall, Hero Zero. 
Phyllis, where can the people find you? Flyers fan one one two nine. That's never going to change. I'm always going to be a Flyers fan, and my kid's birthday is always going to be eleven twenty nine. So no, no one player here. I thought that was your birthday. No, I'm a I'm a Virgo nine six. Oh, that's right. You did say that. Mm-hmm. We talked about our birthdays last week. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Dan, where can we find you? At Dan the Flyer fan, at Brotherly Puck, at Brotherly underscore pod, and then hard countdown underscore, but you know, the Flyers don't fucking win anymore, so that account's basically worthless these days. True. Yeah. Anthony tomorrow, freaking Flyer Friday, and then uh, I think Anthony's back in Sunday. So there you go. Alrighty, we will catch you guys next time. Goodbye and good night. Good.